0: Four six. The The experts yeah, on The one Yeah, you know six. The four know The Open up you. your mouth, out yeah. your tongue. Hi! Welcome <laughs> to <laughs> The Experts. I'm Irene Marquette. I'm Aggie Hewitt. And you are here on a very special day.
1: This is the third... Third in the third series of our podcast, which is I can't believe that we're already at our third. I know
0: we had an idea to do this and look at us sticking to it.
1: Well, this is great. It's really great. I'm proud of us. I am
0: proud of us too. This is the first episode of our brand new series. And this series is on somebody we all know and we all love a beloved man of the screen. And the stage. And in the stage.
1: Well, at least the acting class. The acting workshop. Okay, (laughs) let's say his name. (laughs) Robert De Niro. Niro. Okay, so this is exciting. I love Robert De Niro. You love Robert De Niro. I do love Robert De Niro. And we're talking about Robert De Niro. And we're going to talk about him. We're
0: going to watch his movies. We're going to talk about him. He is appearing in some capacity in the new Joker movie. Yeah, which capacity that will be. Time will tell. I have a feeling it'll be brief and
1: referential. I think so, too. I feel like it's going to be essentially a cameo. I think probably almost everything that he does, will ha- we've already Has seen in the trailer. Has been in the trailer.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's fine. Which is more than fine. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be totally great. It's I, good enough for the
1: whatever, like Italian film festival.
0: And it's good enough for me. That's right. I had a pen fall on the floor and it rolled.
1: But we got it. Everything is fine now. Crisis averted. Yes.
0: Okay Robert De Niro When do you first remember Learning about Robert De Niro
1: Okay so As we talked about Just before we started recording um, My grandpa worked with Robert De Niro My grandpa was an actor in New York In the uh, Like 60s and 70s And he Went to You know he was like kind of a part of the social circle And he did like Strasbourg workshops and stuff And he met Robert De Niro He met Al Pacino And he kind of knew them They were sort of like That's so cool It's so fucking cool And um, I mean I can't pretend I don't think it's cool um, I mean I never met Robert De Niro or anything But because you know Robert De Niro got got really famous And my grandpa didn't <laughs> But like you know He knew him coming up And um, I think he he was supposed to be like a really great guy And he according to my grandpa was always like really shy and he would just like mutter, like on the phone, he would say like, it's Bob, like really quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so my whole family kind of always had this like weird sort of like affinity for Robert De Niro and kind of, they were always like, he's the nicest man and he's so wonderful and blah, 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 blah. And, um, they Always loved his, like, everyone in, like, my family, I guess, sort of thought, like, The Godfather was a great movie, which it is. It is, yeah. Uh, and The Godfather 2, which Robert De Niro is in. And um I guess I I don't remember having, like, a real cinematic experience with Robert De Niro until I was in high school and got really into, well, when I, like, kind of got into movies and um, especially loved... Casino and Goodfellas And um, I watched those movies Over and over again And just like Was obsessed And also I love The Godfather And I love The Godfather too I loved Mafia movies When I was in high school
0: Oh yeah I feel like Um that that was such like a great time for loving mafia movies. Sure. I mean, the Sopranos was on, it was like such a part of the public consciousness.
1: Yeah. And like, I didn't, we didn't have HBO. Like I didn't watch the Sopranos until I didn't see the Sopranos until way, way, way later. Like till the Sopranos was over. Um, But I, same with
0: me too. My family watched it and I heard a lot about it, but I didn't watch it until it was all said and done. Yeah. Which is a good way to do it. Yeah I mean It's the only you way just, oh, Your only option now
1: You have to do it that way If you want to do it
0: Yeah just sit down And watch If you, if you have not watched it We
1: watch recommend it. it We definitely and recommend it And we are it. experts In what you should watch What <laughs> yeah. HBO shows to watch um, But my yeah My
0: first uh, Encounter with Robert De Niro He's one of those people Who Has I, ha, Feels like Omnipresent in my life Yes Like a Santa Claus Or <laughs> A <like> bad grandpa <laughs> <laughs> Like, he's just somebody that I always knew about. And um, so Goodfellas, which we're talking about today, and we're talking about um, Analyze This. Yeah. We're, like, bracketing the decade of the 1990s. Sure. Through two different mobster movies. A drama and a farce. Yes. Both um, great movies. Both great
1: movies, each in their own way. Both made by great directors. You yes. Know, both made by really important American directors.
0: It's true. We're lucky to have these movies. We are. Um, okay, Robert De Niro was always in my life. Yes. And my father loves Robert De Niro. Yeah. And when I watched these movies, it felt um, like when I was reflecting on it, it made me feel a little bit emotional. Because it made me feel like I, like I saw my dad in a different way, like as an adult. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Like he kind of, like they've got similar hair, and they've got like I don't know. There's like a carriage that that rem- my dad does murder mystery dinner theaters. Yeah. I should also say he. My dad's an actor, and he's a painter, and he was a salesman my my whole life, and I remember watching raging bull for the first time in my twenties and knowing entire scenes of the movie by heart, even though I had never
1: really seen it before. Wow. And it's
0: because some of those lines were just like, just like throwaway things that yeah. like I would hear around the house when I was growing up. Yeah. So it was, I don't know, weird. Like, well, you wanted to explore Robert De Niro and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I love Robert De Niro. But then watching these two movies... And, like, really thinking about him and reading about him, I realized that I love him. Was Robert De Niro my idea? I think it was. Huh. Do you, th- do you not remember it that way? I
1: don't remember. I just, I don't, I do not remember.
0: We were just, like, spitballing a bunch of ideas.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is just like a collaborative, a creative collaboration, and we never know where the ideas come from. They come from somewhere else. They, yeah, the uh, the muse. The muse.
0: She enters us and yeah. we're just, we just and say are
1: We just do what she tells us to do. That's right. Yeah. So in
0: that instance, as my memory has it, the muse at that time was speaking in your body.
1: Always possible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um can I tell another Robert De Niro I story? I want to hear it. Yes, I please. already told it to you, but I want to tell it on no, the no, podcast. No, tell okay. Everybody, tell so, everybody. we were talking about these like Brian De Palma Robert De Niro movies because your husband Griffin was like, "Oh, you have to watch like early like the De Palma movies." Oh
0: yeah, he said um that he really wants to hear us talk about Robert De, or uh, Brian De Palma's early films. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And then he said... uh, When the
1: muse speaks through Griffin, it's always (laughs) like, why don't you just talk about Brian De Palma's early films? And you're like, Griffin, is that the muse or is that you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he said... Hi, Griffin. (laughs) He said um, that De Palma gave Robert De Niro to Scorsese. And I thought that that was so funny. I wrote it down in my little notebook. Yeah. Uh, especially having like reading so much erotica that we just read, so and much. like Marquis decide like people being passed from master to master is just like (laughs) so like from like auteur to auteur well I mean I just like imagine De Niro like with like little (laughs) chains or something it's like you belong to Sir Scorsese now Sir Martin
1: (laughs) and they like go out for ice cream and he's like can I have some Neapolitan ice cream (laughs) Sir Martin he's like "Mm, I'll think about it just
0: a small scoop yeah
1: you have a lot of like You've got a lot of improv to do. <laughs> Rest your voice. I don't trust your enunciation. No. Bobby. Bobby D. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Tell us the story. Right, so we started talking about these movies and I knew about one of them because you said that these De Palma, this the first De Palma movie was like the first movie to ever get an X rating. Yes. And um. After that there was another movie that De Palma made with Robert De Niro called Hi Mom and that is the movie that Robert De Niro was like kind of like I don't know the extent to which he was like an advocate for my grandpa or like a friend you know the way you might be for like if you have a friend that's getting like really successful and they like are just being nice to you or whatever this the lore in my family goes, and I could be totally wrong. Tell us the lore. But most of the people involved are dead, so no one is going to come for me. Well, one of the two of the people are Ghosts. dead. One of them is my grandpa. <laughs> um, it went to so he got offered this role in the movie, but um, hi mom. But uh, because of the X rating, my grandpa thought that hi mom was going to be a porno, which is the language that my mom and my grandpa both used when explaining it to me. And I never uh, knew anything else about it. All I knew was that, like, when I was a young girl, my grandpa was almost in a porno with Robert De Niro (laughs) called my mom. That was, like, what I knew. And then because he passed on it, it ended up going to this guy alan garfield who like also is not really but like my brother and i like to pretend is like our family's like arch rival because (laughs) my grandpa could have been in this movie he also has passed away and they were friends my grandpa and this guy um but he ended up you know not doing it and he told me that he regretted it it's something that i think about i guess as an adult when i think about like going for what you want or taking artistic risks or um not or like really hearing out you know what feeling out what the situation actually is and not going with your like first instinct because I think that was like the lesson that my grandfather took from that and the one that he like passed down to me
0: that is I think that's such a great lesson and Um, did you do any like biographical, uh, we haven't like built this into this episode, like any biolog or biographical research about him?
1: I mean, I did like a slight Google. I mean, you sent me a couple of things and there were some things that I kind of knew. I didn't real, I read his Wikipedia. I didn't realize how complicated his marriage was. Oh, I'd love to
0: hear. But I know,
1: I don't know a lot about it.
0: I uh, I just mentioned because I read that his parents both met in an art class that his mother was a painter and a writer and his father was a painter and his father came out as gay when he was two years old and his parents split up and it just that put him in such a different perspective as somebody who was like brought up in a household that like valued art and yeah. being yourself and like I I thought that that was that was really inspiring. Yeah, I mean,
1: there's definitely something that I can sort of relate to with this like New York kind of like sad bohemian lifestyle that like oh yeah feels very familiar to me because Chicago. I, well, no, because like I because like I lived with my grandparents. I mean, Chicago was also sad and bohemian, but we weren't turning out a lot of Bobby D's <laughs> um, out there in the Midwest. But um, I meant more like the way that I just I feel like. I get where he was. Co- like, I feel like I was like, I like, you know, I lived with my grandparents. Like I was raised by them partly yeah in like a one bedroom apartment in West Hollywood. And like, I feel like I get where he's, I feel like it's just, it just feels like I, I see it. Like I get where he's coming from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like just sad. He's not Jewish, but like sad Jewish creative poor people I'm like I know you
0: yeah I um I feel the same pull like when I think about my family or like I think about that time period I don't have the kind of connection to it that you have like I feel like um my dad and the way I think about our family is sort of like traveling vaudevillians your
1: family is like the coolest your family (laughs) story is so cool
0: Thanks, Aggie. I've always thought. Thank you. (laughs) Well, we moved around the country chasing dreams. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) It's amazing,
0: and it makes me. Again, it makes me, like, watching these Robert De Niro movies, which I feel like that side of him is something that I never really thought much about before. And I was talking to somebody the other night and mentioning that we were going to be doing this series. And he was like, oh, he's so great. And he's like, you know, growing up, I only was exposed to him as a big, like, comedic actor with... Really? Yeah, but think about it. Like, if you, if you were 12 in, like... 2000 or 2001, or something, you would like. I was
1: 15 in 2000.
0: But you're a sophisticated woman. That's (laughs)
1: what I was hoping you would say.
0: (laughs) Well, and like my sister. Vicky, too. But w- I don't know. We were like, wa- we were, if you didn't grow up in a family that was like, let's watch Goodfellas. Or like we're
1: obsessed with Robert De Niro and like we are obsessed <laughs> with like our own failure and like we channel it through Robert De Niro and we will like fucking like mis- <laughs> import implant that in your brain forever. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. And it's like, this is the model man. Like, this is what's possible. Like, yeah. lo- like he's sensitive and strong and yeah. like deranged and free. And he's just such like a classic misanthrope. Yeah. And he, oh, you know what? Griffin made another observation last night, and he told me he was like, "Ooh, write this down, but I am going to give him credit for it because he okay. said it, and I didn't think of it. He he's like, "Do you ever notice that he plays an outsider in a lot of the movies? Oh, yeah. like that he's not like fully Italian. And like looking up his ethnicity, like he is he's like Italian and Irish on his dad's side, which is what my grandfather also was, which okay. I think was like a proud point, yeah. And then his mother is, like, Dutch and... So, like, he's... She's, like, Protestant.
1: I think maybe. Or, like, not Catholic and not Jewish. Yeah. yeah. Like, not Irish
0: Catholic. Not Irish Italian. Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they have him play... Like, in Goodfellas, he was... He wasn't made because his father was Irish or something.
1: Yeah. He... Yeah, he often does. And then in Casino, he's Jewish. In... Um, I mean, in Taxi Driver, obviously, he's just, like, a totally, like... He's just, like, total Degenerate outsider. In Mean Streets, it's been a really long time, but I think he's, like, not even... He's kind of, like, a wild card, like, younger character with, like, a frenetic, complicated energy. Um, Well, in Raging... What about Raging Bull?
0: Well... I mean, he's like an outsider of humanity. He's an animal. Like he, like he can, he can only really succeed in this performative cage. Like he, it's a, that's, he can't function inside society. That movie is so beautiful. beautiful Movie is really beautiful. We should definitely watch that. I haven't seen that.
1: I haven't seen that movie. That's one movie of his that I think I've only seen once.
0: It's not an easy movie to watch. No. But it's worth it. Yeah. <sighs> it's like I feel like that is such like a beautiful sensitive performance too even though he's like playing such a monster. He's a
1: fucking genius. Okay? <laughs> he really he's is. a really good actor and it's like I it's there are not a lot of people who are at that level. What is that noise?
0: I think our neighbors are... My, my neighbors are hooting and hollering. Oh, I thought it was a cat. No, I think it's just celebrators. Revelers. Good for that. A reveler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That sounds like a stage direction. <laughs> like revelers <laughs> make noise in the apartment next door. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no. He's an incredible actor. And I... I'm excited to talk about these movies. Do you want to start? Do you yes, want to get into these movies? I'd love movies? to get into
0: these movies. It feels natural now.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, well, which one, which one did you watch first?
0: Well, I watched them in chronological order. Okay. Uh, because I came up with a fake title for our podcast.
1: Perfect. Um, do you want me to call it that?
0: Yeah. Let that, sure. Why not? Let's call it that. Why don't you tell me what you think first? I'm going to read it to the room. Sure. Um <clears throat> from goodfellas to analyze this quote in like a lion out like a lamb yeah you Colon. sent me that oh is there more <laughs> the italian mobster in 90s american cinema that's
1: great that's the name of our academic paper on our own <laughs> podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's what i was going for it's it's good I, but it's also like we are only discussing those two <laughs> oh wait also before we get into it too much In honor of Robert De Niro, we have two little glasses of limoncello. That's right.
0: I made it from Giada's recipe. Cheers. Cheers To Bobby D. To Bobby D. From lemons from my sister's tree. Beautiful. Is that what the book is called? No, that's what I got the lemons from.
1: Oh, I thought that was the name of Giada's, like, cookbook. (laughs) Lemons from my sister's tree. You're a title machine, Irene. (laughs) (laughs) Lemons from my sister's tree. That should go on a shirt. That should go on a shirt. It's, like, kind of beautiful. Like, Robert De Niro. Like, it's just, like, an accidental turn of phrase. Just a slice of life. And it came out (laughs) lovely. (laughs) Thank you
0: so much. This is, it's a sweet limoncello. cello. It's great. It is tasty. I remember watching um, some show, maybe like the Rosie O'Donnell show or Regis and Kathy Lee or something. And George Clooney was on and he was like all hungover because he had had lemoncello from Danny DeVito. Yes, I
1: (laughs) remember that for some reason too. (laughs) I just remember Danny DeVito's lemoncello being a very big deal on a lot of talk shows. He was like really doing the talk show rounds and really trying to sell that lemoncello.
0: And it's that. Well, I feel like he had been up all night drinking it. Yeah. They were like, because how early do you have to be on those morning shows? You have to be in you have to be in the chair at what? 4 a.m.? Probably.
1: Well, I don't know.
0: Don't morning chair. I mean, getting your makeup done.
1: No, I know what you meant. (laughs) The the electric chair. (laughs)
0: What did you think?
1: Oh, the interview chair. What chair did you think I'm, did, what chair did you think I thought you might have? I met? knew what,
0: I knew that you knew, but I was just explaining it for the listeners. Oh, I see.
1: For people who aren't as inside as us.
0: Well, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Leave it at that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like staying up all night drinking nothing but limoncello will really fuck you up. Yeah. You'll it's a so sugary hungover.
0: drink. Yeah. Basically syrup. It's like syrup. It's very good. Okay, Goodfellas. Okay, I watched Goodfellas first, and then I watched um, Analyze This. Okay,
1: I watched in reverse chronological.
0: Oh, interesting. I like that we always have like a little bit something different. Yeah, I gotta have something to spice it up. Well, I,
1: something I to push against. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I chose that because I just like I well I didn't really want to watch Analyze This. And I didn't own Analyze This.
0: I rented it from Amazon. Yeah, so did I. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with Analyze This.
1: I was too, very surprised. I thought it surprised. was great. Me too.
0: And it opens in such a stylized way. It reminded me of Go- uh, Goodfellas. I mean, it's a very... I mean, it. the
1: opening of Analyze This is like... Uh, Very clearly, like, aping the style of Goodfellas.
0: Um, It's cool to see that... Something that really struck me about the movie in general... So, it was um, directed by Harold Ramis. Yeah. Rest in peace. R.I.P. And it was written by Kenneth Lonegren. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He gets story and... um, Screenplay credit well, along with Harold Ramis and another man whose name I neglected to write down. It's okay. Um, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And I, I think so like too. it, it's like more elevated of a comedy than I was expecting because I feel like they're really taking it all so seriously. Um, yeah. And Goodfellas, I feel at times plays the comedy like it's comedy and in this Absolutely. i feel like they're playing the comedy like it's drama and that you know what i mean yeah i mean in in goodfellas
1: it's interest yeah because the situation is so like extreme and so blown out that it's it's more it's absurd is where the comedy comes from because mm-hmm. of like the absurdity of the violence or just this absurdity of the situation um but, or, like,
0: the contrast between the conversation and Yeah, I mean, the scene. like, there's a lot of,
1: like, irony in it with, like, the, the yeah, the conversation versus the acts or, like, the music versus the, what we're seeing is, like, there's oh a God. lot of...
0: It's so good. It's
1: fucking amazing. Holy shit. It's amazing. I mean, when was the last time you had seen Goodfellas?
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe 10 years or something. Yeah, I like, mean,
1: I think it had been at least that...
0: It um
1: I want to watch it again like when I go home.
0: I know. We uh Griffin went to Amoeba and bought it. So oh we no. <laughs> I'm like I want to watch it again. Me too. We have
1: Brian already ha- Brian is a DVD collector or a Blu-ray whatever. He has a lot of Blu-rays.
0: I mean right just like right from the beginning just like the drop in that you get and oh that just like all of the energy
1: it is It's like, it's like a perfect movie. It
0: is a perfect movie, and I think that it. I feel like it gets referenced a lot, and things get compared to it. And plot wise, they'll be like, "Oh, it's like Goodfellas in high school. It's like Goodfellas at the racetrack. It's like, and it's like it has
1: nothing to do with
0: Goodfellas. Yeah, and it's like okay, I see that somebody uh, experimented with their editing, and there's like a narration or something. But it's this is like. There, I feel like it's he's just playing with so many different types of things, and he's using like all these different techniques, and it's always like so fresh and so surprising, and like every scene there's something different, and
1: yeah, it's so like it's so pop, like it's yeah. so there are references to so many different like types of movies, types of music, times of types of storytelling, like. There are – and he is playing, like we said, like with the music, with the editing, with the – like cinematography the acting is perfect like it is the jesus christ the production design is fucking insane it's just
0: like beautiful those like long tracking shots like the scenes that just like go on for it feels like minutes and oh my god that there's a scene where they go into a club and there's uh so it's like a lot like a tracking shot on a like walking yeah. through this whole thing and he's narrating and while there's like a lot of like overlapping dialogue with narration so he's like introducing people and they're like telling it's like oh hey uh got that thing oh, for you
1: where you in where you get introduced to because there are two I didn't know which one you were talking about but yeah because the, oh, yeah, there's the one also the famous where
0: they go in the nightclub oh my god and that's just beautiful
1: amazing but yeah when they go in and and it's like this like sense of family and you meet all of these goofy characters. And they're like looking
0: right into the camera. And they're
1: going like, how are you? And you're like, you are getting introduced to them. Like you are in his shoes in that moment. It's,
0: it, it, I mean, yeah, it makes you feel like you're a part of it. And yeah. it's like, what a, what a fun, exciting, like sexy, cool world. Like yeah. why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? It's so seductive.
1: That? And that's the point of it, that you are getting totally seduced by this horrific society, secret society in America. But you are like, this is great and these people love me and this is my family.
0: Yeah. And then that shot lands on the table where Joe Pesci is telling the story. It's the famous scene of like, you think I'm funny, you think I'm a you think I'm a clown. clown. And then they're like, it escalates. Yeah. And he, like, pulls a gun in the restaurant. And, like, the background actors, like, some of them are so scared and some of them are laughing. And it's, like, there's just such a great, like, disconnect. And- yeah. And that
1: the, that scene is, like, none of – there are, like, no close-ups in that scene. It's, like, it between – when it goes between um, Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci, it's – you can always see the people around them, like – responding to what's happening and like getting more and more stressed out as like Joe Pesci is getting closer and closer to freaking out and then the tension breaks and everybody laughs and they all break too and it's like you feel like you're at a party like you feel like you are and it's like the best party in the world it's the best
0: party in the world yeah. and like the camera's low like you're right you with are right them. there you're, like sitting next to him you're like holy shit what's gonna happen well, you don't know yeah it's like that And then the credit card comes in and it's like yeah. you, you owe us $7,000 or whatever. It's like. It never stops. And you're like
1: this character, this Joe Pesci character is fucking insane. And you don't know if he is going to like be your best friend, if he's going to like take a bullet for you or if he's going to kill you. But you
0: don't want to stop watching. Him. But you're
1: like, I will ride or die for you, Joe
0: Pesci. <laughs> and like his, the conclusion of his story, like when it happens for you, it's like devastating
1: the conclusion of his story oh, Joe of Joe story. Pesci's story in the movie
0: yeah that like there's a, i mean guys are we caring about spoilers? This movie is 30 be fucking spoilers. years old. There are also like, going to be spoilers for analysis. This. Yeah. Like, warning. <laughs> warning. Um, when he... Uh, that uh, So, like, for any mobster, they want to, like, be made, which means, like, you're officially, like, part of the family. And, like, it's a big ceremony. Like, there's so many ceremonies in the movie. And there's yeah. so many, like, rites of passage. And you
1: Traditions.
0: Just, yeah. And it's yeah. so... Um, uh, I have yeah uh but he like thinks he's gonna be made and he's so excited and he's been working for it and like all of his friends are who aren't invited to the ceremony or, because like,
1: they're not like 100 percent sicilian and can't get in they can't get in yeah. they're
0: like oh god he's so lucky he's so lucky and then you see him go in the basement and they they shoot him and he
1: realizes right before it happens that it's about to happen yeah, yeah and so
0: that realization is a heartbreaker
1: but it's also like he feel it feels so matter of fact yeah where he doesn't seem like
0: no he's it's like, like oh, oh fuck. yeah
1: it's like oh shit I fucked up I took a yeah, wrong I turn known. yeah it's not it's my bad my bad fuck I fucked up and that's
0: it and it's lights and out that's yeah yeah and even like the way the camera like goes above him and like you just see like the blood like the blood pulsing out. out of him yeah I was thinking of that like oh that's like he's gone it actually aggie can i say so for the listeners out there aggie and i did a play about lizzie borden almost 10 years ago yeah i was it's okay that's
1: how time works that's how
0: it works Um, (laughs) and aggie wrote it and i directed it and we developed it together and there uh there was a, a monologue that you wrote that had these lines about like uh, her brains went on the floor. Her brains really did go on the floor. Like, how could that happen? Why could the brains go on the floor? Did
1: was that the one the the in the court in the
0: courtroom? Yeah, yeah. It was, the, um, it was prosecuting. Yeah, attorney. that was a good. That was good. It was. It was so great. But I remember, like, sorry
1: to be a bitch and say that my own mom was good. No, it's good. good.
0: I'm like bringing it up and saying that it was great. I Thanks. could probably <laughs> recite the whole thing. Oh my god,
1: don't. It's probably <laughs> not really good.
0: No, it is good. Okay. Uh, but I, I just like know it and. I remember we were rehearsing it and I was like walking the actor through it and I could feel that I didn't have a handle on it. And I remember like you were driving home afterwards and you were like, you knew that I wasn't getting it, but you were being so nice. But you were also like leading me to... The like, what it was actually about, and you were like, Isn't it crazy to you that somebody's brains could leave their skull and like go on the floor? Deep thoughts with Aggie. <laughs> god it is fucked up like the brains belong in the brain like in the skull in the head like and it just like all made sense to me and I'm like oh my god the human body and like it's also senseless and (laughs) deep thoughts of Irene (laughs) (laughs) and it uh that was like uh that was like a very uh valuable instructive like pivotal moment for me I don't know if I've ever told you that but it was
1: oh but thank you
0: And I was reminded of it when I watched that scene with Joe Pesci and I was watching him like bleed out and like it just it reminded me of what you wrote. And it reminded me of like thinking about the human body as an abstract thing and the thing that makes you who you are and that like there's a point where those things split and like one can never be the other like, you're never going to be a person again. You're just a thing. Yeah. Like, you're your guts on the floor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The um, human life is really cheap in this movie, but they reckon with that. It's like people die all the time in it, but they get, but there there are always these like long lingering shots maybe not always but often of the just like brutalated the brutalated brutalized mutilated mutilated and brutalized
0: brutalated
1: brutalated
0: i I had a lemon cello and two
1: of these watermelon drinks sorry i might edit that one out um corpses um that you are forced to look at and like with i think all martin scorsese movies put your own moral judgment on the actions of the characters which is why part of why he's so great also but um yeah
0: well I think you bring up a good point like the the movie starts with just like the body in the trunk and they open they open the trunk and he's like they, it's like he's alive and they stab him and they're shooting him and it's like he's just a body like the communication of that is like these guys are cool this sure. like these are some cool mobsters and they're doing like, some
1: mobster shit fun music is playing and they're like it's action time and the action is stabbing and shooting and killing and blood and, and it's like this
0: is a movie and these are men and they are in charge and yeah, you're and they're like violent. Yes, yes yes yeah, and you
1: love it because it's so good it's so
0: good it's so cool but the way that the movie shifts and, like, it's them on the receiving end and, like, all of the brutality. Like, you just see that it's this, sh- like, on- It's an endless going- cycle. Yeah. Where, yeah, and you
1: realize on, like, second watching of that movie, like, when he's a little kid and he is going around and he's, like, whatever, at the pizzeria and he's, like, doing... He's, like, setting the fires on the cars and, like, doing these, like, little kid, like, mafia jobs. Um all of these older people that he's looking up to are facing this exact same kind of death. They're facing like that. All every single character that he passes died in a probably brutal, horrible way.
0: Yeah. Like it's just the reality in jail, of yeah. the life. Yes. And
1: they look cool to him when he's a kid and it looks cool to us at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, you see him coked up, freaking out. Robert De Niro is like depressed and weird. Joe Pesci is dead like the fucking um, what's his name Paul Sorvino is all fucked up like everything gets very it never stops like it never stops having energy but it becomes very um, uncomfortable
0: yeah well you see like like the energy and the excitement turns into like tweaking and like yeah that like it, it everything gets like filmy and grimy and it like The people can't keep up with the lifestyle and
1: everybody always looks so hot everyone's like sweating and then like yes ray Liotta's skin looks gets so bad it's like so pale and it's gray and it's like covered in sweat and also like lorraine brocco is just in the final act of that movie just like running around freaking out tweaking wearing like black leather head to toe i'm just she just looks so hot i'm just like oh my god that leather (laughs)
0: i know and she's still like a suburban mom and
1: she's a suburban mom who's like but what about my mom and it's like she's
0: i love she's incredible There's helicopters there's helicopters
1: (laughs) that final oh my god when they like go shopping together at the end and they're like hiding and they're like running around trying to go shopping and looking at the helicopters and they just like i don't have to like go pick up like sixty thousand dollars worth of coke after they go to like
0: pick and save it's just it's so good it's So good. Debbie Mazar. Oh my God. The supporting cast in this movie was off the hook. Every performance of this movie is amazing. Yes. His mistress at the end of the movie, who's like cutting the Coke form. Debbie Mazar,
1: I think is her name. Yeah. I don't know her name, but she's kind of like a nineties, like hot girl. Yeah, Yeah. Like a
0: real like indie movie. Yeah. I feel like she and like Rosie Perez, I feel like are part of the, like New York indie. Yeah. I don't know. Like cool. Cool girl. Cool girl. Yeah. Kind of scary.
1: Kind of scary. Kind of sexy. Kind of sweet. Not sure. No, I think kind
0: of sweet for sure.
1: They're all, they've got it all going on.
0: Yeah. They're real Adrianas. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God, I love this movie so much. I
1: fucking loved it.
0: I forgot that Elena Douglas dated Martin Scorsese. Who's Elena Douglas? Uh, she is also in um, Cape Fear and she's also in Ghost World. She plays the art teacher. She has the mirror, father mirror. Do you remember? Is she in this movie? Yes. She's got like big crazy eyes. Um, Who is she in the movie? You know what? I... I don't recall like one of the wives or one of the mistresses
1: (gasps) oh my god yes I know exactly who you're talking about yes she is one of the wives and she's the one who they're the okay I feel like this this movie for how masculine and crazy it is is like takes women's lives into account in such an incredible way. Like I just say incredible because it doesn't happen in a lot of movies. And like, this is a real movie by a real person who like sees humanity. Like that's what I think. And you know, Martin Scorsese famously like has worked with like female editor for like all of his movies. He's a female producer, like Thelma, like I don't even know her last name, but I wrote it down. But there's like a female producer, like there are like a lot of women. Schumacher. Thelma Schumacher. That came right off the top of your head. I had to think about it. But she is one of the women at the, when Lorraine Bracco, right after they get married, she goes to like hang out with like the Italian wives.
0: Oh, and she's like, "All oh, this skin was bad," and they're all talking about beating their
1: kids, how bad their kids are, and beating them with broom handles. <laughs> and like, um, she, and she's like, "I don't know if I could do this life." And she comes, <laughs> and she like has to brush up against like this like casual anti-Semitism that I really related to, where like one of them is like, "Yeah, I'm from Miami," and she's like, "Oh, how is it?" And She's like, "It's okay, but it's like you died and woke up in Jew heaven." And Lorraine Bracco is just kind of like, "Uh huh," and like I feel like I've done that so many times, just being like, "Oh yeah, Jews, I hate them too," or whatever. Cause it's like mm. people just sit casually say shit like that but I feel like in this world you would have encountered it a lot yeah and um also there's um and it, yeah I
0: I mean I this isn't a great movie for women I think it is I think that her role is great and I think she is great in it but there's I mean it, it's a it's a movie like about men and about like the rituals of men. I feel like, like Michael Mann, like I think Michael Mann has great women in the movie, in his movies, but he makes movies about men and they like, the women don't really exist outside their relationship to the men. And I think that that's true of Lorraine Bracco in this movie. Oh, see, I don't feel that way
1: because she like, I feel like those scenes of her being like freaking out in this, like with all of these other women and being like, what? And There will just be these like lingering um, like moments of these conversations. I mean, it is about men and it's definitely like a a man's story. But there will just be these moments like later on, there's a scene where joe pesci brings a girl to a bar yeah. and she's like they're talking and she's like uh he's so jealous if i even look at another guy he'll kill me and the girl <laughs> she's talking to is like oh that's great like they're so <laughs> happy and it's just like that's so funny it's and funny. like that is amazing and then also and like lorraine brocco um I, I i mean i don't know i just think lorraine brocco's performance is fucking incredible i think I so feel too like her I feel like she's like a fully developed character. I don't feel like she's just like his wife. And even though her character is like slightly, I mean like definitely like hysterical and crazy, I don't feel like she's a like just like a crazy wife who he has to deal with. I feel like her motivations are clear and her values are clear. What do you think her values are? I think that her, well, I think that she loves her parents. Mm -hmm. I think that she wants a um i think that she wants to want a stable middle-class life but i think that for some reason she is uh, uh, attracted to chaos and she's attracted to violence and i think that she is just like her husband i think she's a violent and um uh I think she's a criminal. I think that she's a criminal just like he is.
0: I think I agree. I think she's a criminal in her heart and I think she's a hot head and I think she loves this stuff. Yeah. She loves it. She loves the danger. She love I think she, I like there, I mean, okay, here's, let me just back up. I think, uh, I think she is a great character. I think that she is realized in ways that are like unexpected and surprising and awesome. And, I do think that you get these little snippets but it's not like it's not a movie that's like equal men and women like it's no it's about it's about men it's about men but the women are like those are great characters they're great great roles roles and like
1: I think Lorraine Bracco is I, I didn't remember how big of a part she has in this movie too like she's in and she has plenty of scenes like that the husband is even in, like she has that scene with Robert De Niro towards the end where he almost kills her.
0: Right, 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 right. And she like, she's the smart one. And she like,
1: she runs away. She's like,
0: Oh, I got a thing. I got to get in the car. But
1: it's also like, it's smart, I guess, but it's also just like survival instinct, like another one. You know what I mean? She's just like wants to, um, she's like an animal just like the rest of them who's just like running on adrenaline and survival instinct and even in the and like what feels good and like in the midst of it he's like oh I've got these great Dior dresses and she's like I don't know maybe for my mother and it's like you don't want that Dior dress for your mother like give me a fucking break like she would have taken stolen Dior dresses yeah no problem and she would have taken all of this stolen shit and she like likes that he's going out and like robbing and stealing and killing for her and it turns her it's sexual for her yeah there's like
0: such an eroticism to her part like the yeah at the i mean even at the beginning like when she tells him that the guy who lives across the street from her like like threatens like, or yeah, assaults her. Yeah, threw her out of the car. Yeah, and like she knows what telling him she is. She knows what he's going to do. She knows what he's going to do. And it's like,
1: I even wonder watching that, like what really happened. I, I thought Where so to it's like, is it just like a sexual game for her? Yeah, it's like, like what yeah. did that
0: guy actually do? And he like beats the shit out the of that shit, and that's another a-
1: one with no cuts. That's just him coming oh from the God, car, so walking,
0: good. and the guy walks up to him, and he doesn't say a single word. He just beats them with a he, gun. he the butt of the gun, and then he gives it to her, and he's like, hide this, and she's like, like, and then her narration pops in, which yeah. I actually I forgot about. And uh, maybe I'm backtracking at what I'm saying because you do get her point of view. A lot. She's the only one besides Ray Liotta's character who has voiceover narration yeah. in the movie. And she explains that moment. She's like, most, most girls would have been out at the moment that her boyfriend hands her a gun and tells her to hide it. And she's like, but it turned me on. Yeah, Like, you don't see a lot of women who are... Uh, able to like express pleasure like yeah. that to be like, this is hot for me. Like I like this. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it reminds me of the scene where she wakes him up in the night and it's, uh, with the gun. With the gun. And yeah. it's like the point of view is as if you are Ray Liotta, opening her eyes and she's like got like a loaded gun in his face yeah and like straddling him yeah and, and that scene is like so sexual oh my god when he gets her on the floor and he has, and like her
1: legs look so fucking good oh my god
0: that's the it looks so good i was it's like amazing it's was, like and i think it's like really sexy i think so too and yeah. i think it's really supposed, it's supposed to, to be. be yeah and he's got yeah. his hand around her throat oh and my he's god. pointing the gun at her and he's like
1: how does it feel how do you like it? And that was when I texted you and I was like, this movie is doing to me what fucking Fifty Shades of Grey was supposed to do. Where I'm like, this is like the fucked up, chaotic, violent, sexual love story that I'm like, that's really hot to yeah, me. It's yeah. like Ray Liotta and Lorraine Bracco in Goodfell.
0: Yeah, her waking him up with a loaded gun and oh then my him God. turning the tables. And I thought it was interesting. Like, you know, people say that Wolf of Wall Street is kind of like the other side of the coin of Goodfellas like similar it's like a white collar criminals like I think there's a lot of similar beats. yeah but that scene in particular made me think about the scene where she puts her foot on his face yes where they're like in the kids playroom and then I'm like oh does Scorsese have a thing for like leggy heels women
1: oh hot legs and high heels what a pervert what What a pervert what a a a unique perspective (laughs)
0: And yeah, I was like, okay, bare feet, feet in high heels, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, well, the bare feet thing,
1: I think the bare feet thing at this point, this is we're talking about Quentin Tarantino right now, I think is, um, (laughs) I think he's, I, at least in this last, in this Manson one was just like trolling. I don't think that it had any real any point in the movie other than to like address his critics
0: yeah but i did read a, a thing did i send this to you of sharon tate's sister who said that sharon tate loved to walk around barefoot and she would like with eyeliner draw um like marks on the top of her foot to make it look like she was wearing sandals so she could go in stores that like would kick you out if no, you didn't have no shirt no service yeah. <laughs> that's like, great that's gross it is really gross but then i was like oh maybe he underplayed it
1: <laughs> yeah because well i guess i feel like he didn't want to like over sexualize sharon tate but he would definitely over sexualize that fucking manson girl where he made her feet like this size of an entire like windshield
0: She's also a ballerina. So like those the like
1: the actor. the
0: Yeah. Margaret Qualley. So I feel like because I was like, wow, her foot looks especially distorted, like up against the window like that. But I think like she might just have ballerina bunions and stuff. I mean, Which I you think it's cool. I think she had ballerina
1: bunions, but I think that no one's <laughs> no one's feet are that big. Like her feet were the size, like they were like absurdly long.
0: Um, can I tell you something that I just saw in the notebook that I wrote down? Uh, okay. Uh, her name is Karen. Yeah. Um,
1: Lorraine Bracco's character. Lorraine
0: Bracco. Her name is Karen. And then I said, he loves her because she's crazy. Like Pesci. She's a little Lady Pesh. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: she's like a Lady Peshy. He loves, he loves crazy people too. But also he's crazy.
0: He's crazy, but he loves a little pitbull. Uh, Griffin is like, oh Peshy's a little pitbull in this movie. And so is she. But so is she. The scene that like where he's like, oh she's the one for me. He like she like shows up in front of his house and she's like, fuck you. You think you can stand me? Up? Yeah, like on the street and
1: like if you tried to do that to Joe Peshy, he'd like kill you. He would just
0: like shoot you. Yeah, but
1: like Henry Hill got some owner and then also like <laughs> which means he's a feminist he is a feminist he's a pervert <laughs> and also I also noticed that in the scene where um, he after she holds the gun to his face and he leaves oh my god and also sorry after he leaves and she's like lying there sobbing and she screams like I'm sorry <laughs> that was like another part that I just always loved so much in that movie <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> so funny <laughs> so crazy yeah, it's so and funny. she's just like lying like her leg like with her legs out i don't know it's just like it's a crazy amazing scene but um it's a
0: great scene
1: after that the next scene is uh he's at his girlfriend's house his gumar's house which is a term from the sopranos not from this movie yeah but we know what it is it's a gumar his girlfriend and um <laughs> Robert <De> Niro <laughs> Robert de Niro and Paul Sorvino come to his house and they're like, you gotta go back to your wife. Come on, you can't got a divorce like that's not what we do. Yes and the Robert de Niro makes this joke and he's like they, they sort of convince him to go to go back to his wife and he's like, okay okay, but he makes this joke and he's like she'll never divorce you anyway. She might kill you but she won't divorce you And when he says that, it's like he gets this smile on his face like, I love her. Like, I do love her after all. It's not like he's not laughing at the joke. He's laughing at like the memory of his wife. Yeah. In that scene. And I feel like that is, um, I feel like that was intentional. I think so too. And uh, yeah, I I feel like their relationship is, maybe this is
0: a great movie for women.
1: Well, I don't know. I think so, but not for, not necessarily, but like, I don't think it's, I definitely don't think it's, I think Lorraine Bracco gets a good, it has a good role in that. She's and, got an
0: amazing role. And and I don't
1: think it's just like for a woman or for a wife character. It's like I think for the movie it's like a good role.
0: I totally agree. Uh because I do think that so much of the movie is about like masculinity and like like structures and that scene in particular, I wrote down keeping up appearances. Like there's Yeah, such, he says that. Yeah, there's such a like focus on that. Like you like they're criminals but in order to succeed as criminals the system has to function the way it's supposed to so they're like walking they're like they exist in a place where they have to keep the status quo because they succeed by breaking it yeah which was a real light bulb moment for me watching the movie
1: yeah um and then it inevitably breaks down because they are outside of the status quo and like the people who would be drawn to do that in the first place Have basically a personality disorder Like they're murderers They're not like Yeah Just people They're not like poor people Who are just like doing whatever it takes to get by Yeah which they're is, not the
0: bohemian New York artists You were talking about earlier Right
1: and they're not like Robin Hood I mean they might see themselves as that But they kill one another And I, I watched one of the Some of the bonus features on the DVD Or whatever the Blu-ray Whatever the fuck it is Some people care if you call it a DVD, a Blu-ray or whatever. I'm not one of those. But anyway, one of the special features, there was an interview with Martin Scorsese and he's talking about the scene where how at the beginning it's all the rituals and it's always a party or a wedding or whatever. And it's like these happy moments where there'll be pictures. And he's like, but then you realize later in the movie, you can go back and look and all of those people are dead at the hands of other people that would also be, like, in those photos. And they even show, like, snapshots, like, as if they're family photos. Yeah. And he's like, it's like if you went through your family photo and you were like, there's my uncle, he was murdered by this, my other uncle, they all kill one another. The people that are supposed to love you.
0: My God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that, too, when, um, at the beginning of the movie, when Ray Liotta's character uh, gets pinched. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, goes to jail and Robert De Niro is like I'm proud of you and he's like I thought you'd be mad of me and he's like no no you like you didn't snitch like yeah th- and they come around the corner and like all the guys are there and they're like you popped your cherry and yeah, they're like taking pictures moment. and it's yeah. like oh my like, it's like his bar mitzvah it t- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah totally yeah um, yeah I'm just thinking about like I don't know animals that kill their young, or there there's something like so uh, animalistic about the whole culture of it, and I feel like this movie, even though. like you think about the guys on The Sopranos, they like idolize things like this and they take it yeah. like sincerely and they take it like without irony or it's not like they're watching it and they're like, oh, wow, he and his wife have a chaotic relationship or, oh, wow, like they're all, you know, like they're, yeah. they're just like, wow, they're so cool and they're so just strong think it's cool. and like they're such alphas. Yeah. But
1: this movie was supposed to be sort of an answer to like the Godfather, like how mafia movies were seen before this were like, so the Godfather is about the mafia at the very top, like the heads of the family and like how these like very cool people sort of like never get their hands dirty and they're like ordering these horrible crimes. But they're for the most part, like they're not like, I mean, there's a lot of violence in the Godfather, but they're not like, they're kind of have this air of like refinement to them. And um, yeah. And like that movie is all about, I think I saw this also in like one of the interviews, but like that movie is all about like closed doors. And this movie is just like all out in the open. You're inside, you're in the party, you're in the streets. And mm-hmm. this is like what it's like for like how it really is for like lower level criminals who want to get, I mean, obviously not really exactly how it is. Probably it's much worse, but like, yeah. it's like you, you get a glimpse of like, what do the average like foot soldiers do and how does it work? Yes. Um, it's just a, and and it's supposed to be like, I think a more like obviously a more violent and graphic. And I I think honestly more of like a condemnation of the violence, but I don't think it's taken as that. I totally
0: agree. I think that, uh, like taking, taking it as, something that's more than the sum of its parts. Like, I think that it is a condemnation. Yeah. And, but like those scenes are so good and like, they're so fun and you like, it's easy to get sucked up in them and just like take them at face value. I think you're
1: supposed to, I mean, I think that's the challenge of the movie is like, why it's that's why it's amazing. I mean, yeah. And that's why it's so good because yeah. it's like you, How you take that movie is a reflection of you, not of the movie, which is crazy. Yeah. It's the same thing with Wolf of Wall Street, too, that people got so pissed about that fucking movie. And it's like, who are you that you think that looks cool? Like, that's your moral compass, not the movies. The movie doesn't make a moral judgment. That's your moral judgment. And you're saying it's good. So work on yourself <laughs> that was my takeaway from mobile wall street
0: <laughs> yeah i thought that i mean i i thought that it served a similar function to goodfellas where i feel yeah. like you're like you're in the world you're in like enjoying and indulging in it like you're like it's the opulence and the ridiculousness but these are morally corrupt people who like ruined our country and you see, yes and they're fucking pig assholes they're fucking fuck pigs that was my takeaway. Yeah. And like and you then, get a high, you don't get the pussy, you get the high heel in your face.
1: I know. And then there was also, I feel like the other mirror of the the gun scene is when in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, when she has sex with him and then she was like, did you like that or something? And he's like, yeah. And she goes, okay, well that's the last time you're ever gonna fuck me. And she's like, bye. <laughs> and she never fucks him again and she divorces him. It's like, instead of a gun in his face, like she fucks him. But it's like, a, it's like also an act of violence.
0: I think as you get older, you lose subtlety and you're like, let's just get to the point. Let's just have. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's also like in that household, like they wouldn't have they wouldn't be pointing guns at each other because yeah. they're white collar criminals. They're like, it's using not, their
0: bodies as weapons.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, but it's a it's a similar it's like a similar moment in the movie.
0: I totally agree. I think it's interesting that uh, I don't know how long we've talked about. Um, it's like
1: we've been going for almost an hour at this point.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. I don't know how long we've been talking about Goodfellas at this point, but we have not mentioned Robert De Niro much at all. <laughs> but because like he is definitely a B, he's like the my, he's like a minor character. He is a
1: pretty minor. I mean, he's like the front and center on the poster
0: because he's the most famous.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he definitely has a smaller part than Lorraine Bracco, definitely. And of course, then Henry, whatever I keep calling, it, then Ray Liotta, and I guess Jimmy Conway is that's his name, right? That's the character. Yeah, but yeah. So Robert De Niro has a, a, not a. I mean, not a tiny part, but he's not like the main character.
0: No, I feel like he serves a a function of like... The, he's like the
1: father figure.
0: He is, and when you see him, he's such an alpha, and he's so cool, and he's so self possessed, and he like knows the world, and he's slick, and everybody loves him. He like robs these people, and he pays these people, and it's like oh, he does everything right. He does everything he, right, and he's great, and he is what you come to realize in the movies that he's nobody. Yeah. Like when you first see him, you feel like his alpha status is so apparent is like, but it's within the world Very of small like small group of people. Yeah. And you know. it's not like that doesn't translate into a bigger thing, which is, I don't know, like something quietly sad about it. About him. But it's like, also it's like, you could
1: say that about every single character in the movie. Yeah. Like none of them are anything compared to like, I mean, the government, like it always comes down to like these people get, have to take it from the federal government. Like that's how his movies end or his crime movies end. Yeah. Um, And it's never like they're getting what they deserve because they're criminals. It's like they're fucking manip... They're just passing off more information. It's just more bullshit that happens. Yes. Like at the end of this movie um Robert De Niro has to go to jail Paul Sorvino has to go to jail and uh Ray Liotta just like witness protection to witness protection and it's just like and everyone Why? else <laughs> and he becomes like rich and famous and gets a movie made out of his life story it's like what is the what's the point
0: yeah what did we learn from this like nothing nothing no and like what justice was served <sighs> yeah I um I like the uh can I talk about two scenes that I like? Yeah. I love um, all of the lead up to the opening scene because like uh, throughout the movie, you kind of catch up to where you are in the opening and you see like who the guy in the trunk is. Yeah. And they have the guy in the trunk of the car and they go to Ray Liotta's mother's house. No, no. Joe, Joe Pesci's Pesci, mother who, who is, is played Scors- by yeah. Martin Scorsese's mother. Yeah, And she is so cute. Wonderful.
1: Yes, that is also one of my favorite scenes. That's so good. The portrait, the picture oh of the man. Oh my God, and the two dogs going to the two dogs, directions. And he's like, I love this. He's like, look at this dog. He's going this way, and this one's going that way. And this guy's saying, what do you want from me? <laughs> it's so funny. And like, the portrait is so crazy. And she's like, and also the way she pulls it out, it's like, That would be in like a John Waters movie or something. The way she's like, have you seen my art? And she just bends down at the dinner table and pulls up like a full framed (laughs) painting of like an old man on a park bench sitting with two dogs on a boat boat with one dog facing one way and one dog facing the other way. It's like in fucking sane. It's so funny. It's so So
0: good. funny. Oh my God. John Waters is the perfect thing for that. It's just
1: crazy. And it
0: seems like that, And it seems like that, like, you think I'm funny, you think I'm a clown, like these scenes that are just like so delightful that like put you in the world and you're like, oh my God, I love these characters and I love like how idiosyncratic they are and like what they're saying to each other. I love, I just like love a portrait of these people and it's like, it doesn't serve story. It doesn't serve the plot. It's just like- We're the guy. There, it's this is an absurd, like honestly, like again, like a sketch comedy setup. You've got a car parked in the driveway with a man tied up in the trunk, and uh. they're stopping in for like dinner with somebody's mom, it, like in the middle of the night. and
1: She's like, "Let me get you something to eat," and she makes them like a full table full of food, <laughs> I and then was, like telling them these like charming stories from the old country, like these old Italian jokes. And she's like, "Oh, but of course, in Italian, it sounds so much nicer," and. It's it doesn't trend. They're like eating wonder bread <laughs> and like this guy that will like ultimately be her son's downfall. Like that's why he gets killed in the yeah, end is yeah. because of that murder. Yeah. But is just like fighting for his life in the trunk of the car. Yeah. It's It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And it's hilarious. But it's
0: like hilarious and it's wonderful and it's like, it's so... And it's it's, grotesque. And it's It's all of it. And it's like tender and like, it's the, it's like... It's intimate. Yes. It's everything. It's, It's like literally everything. In like one scene. In one like sweet little amazing scene. Perfect scene. It's like, why can't everything be like this?
1: Why... I know.
0: Why can't it even be like 10%
1: of that? I feel like I was really spoiled by these movies, these like Martin Scorsese movies, because I got into them in high school. I was like into movies and I was like, I want to see like all of these, like uh, these are the great movies and I want to watch them. So I, whatever I saw, like Taxi Driver and I watched this and I watched Casino and I was like, oh, movies are good. Okay. (laughs) I was like, people who make movies, like put a lot of work into them and they really like, you know tell a story and they're like artists and then like the vast majority of movies that get made they just don't have this level of like intention, intention and focus on what they're doing it's
0: it's it
1: is upsetting
0: it is and even if like I feel like the care and focus can be like let's see these guys at this guy's mom's house like let's like let's like sit in there like the reality of their life and just like let that be fun and the the
1: problem with that is it requires I'm so sorry this may sound like a huge cunt thing to say but like it requires work that scene wouldn't have meant anything if there if like the art department wasn't impeccable if the actors weren't impeccable if like Martin Scorsese hadn't like Tirelessly storyboarded it. You know
0: what I mean? Like if it yeah. wasn't planned, if and it wasn't. And if you don't have that moment at the beginning with Joe Pesci being like totally psychotic, and he's like, You think I'm a clown? You think I'm like, it has to be to a complete piece. Yeah. And it's like you see that and you're like, oh my God, this guy is psychotic. Where did he
1: come from? He's oh my god. Like, he came from a sweet old lady. Yeah. It's just him. It's and just and it's the world.
0: Like, look at how sweet he is with her. It's like
1: Polly Walnuts and his mom. It's just like Polly Walnuts and his oh mom. Oh my god. god. And Polly Walnuts is in this movie, <laughs> he too. He Young for he looks
0: brief moment. Young and, and Christopher. also Christopher. <laughs>
1: He's a spider. <laughs>
0: he's the spider I saw you were I like
1: I saw you were like I don't get the comp- on Twitter you like made a joke or on Instagram you're yes. like where's the comparison to hustlers none of these guys dance and I was like I wonder if they dance at any point and the only time was when he's <laughs> like dance spider he's like shooting at
0: his feet <laughs> thank you for acknowledging I was making a joke I got a couple of comments people did not get my joke
1: well I don't know how you could not get that that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, the guys in Goodfellas are not strippers who dance.
0: Yeah, they're doing their mafia thing. <laughs> they're doing something of yeah. Um Okay, the other scene that I really loved is when uh, all the guys go to prison for like a year and they're in that special like little yes. room and they're just like, they're living their perfect little domestic fantasy. Which is like
1: the ultimate corruption where it's like, that is the indictment of the movie. Like if there's a moral indictment of the mo- in the movie, it's that scene where it's like, finally they face some sort of like repercussions and it's just they pay their way out of any type of real consequences in jail
0: yeah and it also i think like serves to show like the bonds and the rituals that they have and like it's like what are they smuggling into jail they're smuggling in like salami and like mozzarella (laughs) and like (laughs) and he's like He's like, keep going, keep going until he's like, we have wine.
1: And he's like, now we can eat. And that's like when you come over and you're like, I've got wine. I'm like, now we can do a podcast. All right. It's the same thing where it's like, (laughs) break out the wine. Let's have a chat. Like, let's sit down and fucking talk. Like, that's all it is.
0: I know. And (laughs) And it's it's like, awesome. And he had like, Paul Sorvino sitting there with the razor blade, like slicing Slicing. up the. Have you ever done that? No, I never have. But I've always like, you know, thought about it. My mother-in-law. Denise Denise bought me uh, and Griffin a truffle shaver for Uh, Christmas one year because you can like put it on its thinnest setting and uh, like rub um, garlic uh, things over it. What are they called? Garlic cloves. Cloves. Thank you. Uh, And it. It makes them that thin. Like as if you took a razor blade to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But a safer way to do it, probably. A safer and way. And maybe more
1: sanitary, depending on where you <laughs> got the razor.
0: <laughs> from a prison? From a,
1: from Paul Sorvino in jail. No thanks. That actually sounds... You know,
0: none of those guys are washing their hands.
1: They're not washing their hands. They're not washing their razor blades.
0: But I'm sure the gravy was delicious. I'm sure it was really good. There's no way in
1: hell that shit wasn't good. Um,
0: I also want to say, can I just say... Yes. That this is the first time I've watched the movie since I had a, fami- a family bombshell. What? Well, I'm not going to give any details just in case anybody's nervous, but I feel like it is public knowledge at this point. One of my grandmothers thought that she was Italian and took a DNA test and it turns out that she is like Sicilian. So she's, she is Italian. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. She thought she was Irish.
1: Oh, she thought she was Irish, but she's Sicilian. So you are, yeah you are connected to the old country.
0: I'm a swarthy Italian. Yeah. That's great. It's great. That was always my fantasy. To be an Italian? from
1: To be like a Sicilian Italian because I was like all horny about Italy because <laughs> I was also this and then like, oh my God, like fucking Al Pacino's dead bride and the godfather forget about it that was like i i I know
0: before um i rebelled against my family and became a francophile i was obsessed (laughs) with being italian and when they would in like middle school when they would do the like census tests and it'd be like where is your family from like what language is spoken in the home i'd be like italian (laughs) you pretend no i used to do
1: that too i used to pretend that we all spoke like yiddish to each other but like we certainly did not my grandparents would occasionally throw out a couple of yiddish words but it wasn't like, I don't speak Yiddish. Yeah, at all.
0: my family would throw out some Italian slang that I'm sure was not PC. PC. Yeah, I <laughs> am. Yeah. Okay, should we talk about Analyze This?
1: Yes, we must.
0: Okay, Analyze This. Uh, this is to end the decade in Like a Lion, Out Like a Lamb. The,
1: yeah. Uh, the Italian, the American mobster through the 90s
0: whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> what we're calling that? Yes. Um, all right, so this is Robert De Niro in a more significant role
1: more substantial role more
0: substantial he's the star he and billy crystal it's a two-hander yeah uh it's kind of a what about bob meets cape fear okay um it came out the same year as the pilot of the sopranos right
1: which is like my favorite thing about it because sorry to just start talking Do but it. um if this is a podcast i have to <laughs> but um they like when we lived in Chicago especially there were always people who'd be like I really want to make this show or this um like do this like which would be like a one-act comedy show at a black box in Chicago that like probably 50 people max would ever see but they'd be like but I just found out that like Chloe Sevigny is working on a pilot so I can't do it and obviously that's ridiculous. you should just do whatever you want. But I would always be like, you know, Analyze This and The Sopranos came out in the same exact year. And can you imagine if they didn't do The Sopranos because they found out about Analyze This? They're would be totally insane. different. Or vice versa. But it's I a, mean, they're both so good. They're both so good. And I don't think when I was thinking that, I don't think I realized how really good that Analyze This was. I didn't realize until just now, watch, just today watching it.
0: Yeah, I was also um, surprised at how good Analyze This is. It holds up. It's like watching this movie. Okay, we're talking about like, obviously Martin Scorsese. Like he's one of the greatest. That's it's ever not a lived. Martin Scorsese
1: movie. It's like a light comedy.
0: It's like a yeah, comedy. but it's a Harold Ramis movie, it's and I Harold feel like Ramis comedy, which is gonna be good, As far yeah. as like co- like comedy movies go, like it is like the it's like creme de la creme. Like everything is everything is so intentional. The art direction is so impeccable. Like those archetypes are showed and skewed in like such a precise way. And the jokes are funny. The characters are good. The sun was great.
1: The son was amazing, and the son actually had a lot in common. I thought with Tony
0: Soprano's son, even though he's AJ, Billy Crystal's son in the movie. Yeah. I thought so too. I was like, "Oh, Billy Crystal's son is the son that Tony Soprano probably wishes he had." had. I mean, <laughs> there's a scene where they're um, watching; uh, they're like watching a sporting event with Lisa Kudrow. Yes, that's a funny. That's it's funny. really funny. And like, okay, so Billy Crystal is a therapist. Just like a quick summary, in case you forgot. Robert De Niro's a gangster. He like he gets spooked at a, a hit gone wrong, and he like starts having these panic attacks, and he ends up seeing Billy Crystal through like a series of like hijinks where Billy Crystal reruns a mob driver. Well, there's like again another body in the trunk, <laughs> yes. and then and they're like duct
1: taping, duct taping it closed while Billy Crystal's like, "Let me call the insurance because he didn't like, see." And it's like, no, no, no. So
0: yeah, let's uh, settle this. But he gets us. his
1: card. And ends up
0: whatever. Um, and then De Niro ends up in the hospital and it's Asif Mondi. Yes. is the, is the doctor. doctor who they beat up yeah. for, for saying that he's got like a, panic attacks. Panic attacks. Uh, Cause like, Oh my God, there's nothing more um, emasculating than having to deal with your mental health. Right. Uh, s-
1: well, but it's like making fun of that, that idea. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's completely. definitely like, the, like he's supposed to be like a stupid, like tough guy, mobster guy. He's not yeah. supposed to be cracked when he beats him. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. of course
0: not. Not, no, not at all. Uh, so Billy Crystal is engaged to Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. Who's a news reporter. She's a news reporter and she is retiring to get married, which is very sad.
1: Well, she's leaving Miami and going to New York, which I mean, you've got to do what you're going to do for love. And I also feel like it was a fucking different time. I, feel like people were doing that until like i don't know the mid-2000s acting like it wasn't a big deal maybe until 2016
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um uh billy crystal's son is like 12 years old and he's he's a little hellraiser a little yep. smart ass and they go to some game and like lisa kudrow is trying to connect to him and she's like are you having fun and he's she's like oh it seems like you're having fun or something and he's like uh it's it seems like I'm having more fun than I am. I'm pretending so that we can bond. <laughs> <laughs> but it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: it made me laugh too. That was definitely like, a. yeah, no. I thought the sun was really funny. I thought Billy Crystal was really funny. I like like Billy Crystal.
0: I do too. I thought he was good in this. I
1: thought he was good in it too.
0: And you know, it reminded me, okay, he has that joke. So it all builds up to this like sit down the movie's book ended with a sit down. There's like the thing in the fifties where all these like mob heads get together and then it ends up in a massacre. And then like in the present day of the movie, they're like going to have another big like sit down. Chaz Palminteri. Yeah. Or Chaz Palminteri. And like, um, the FBI or whatever is, on to Billy Crystal, so they want him to go to this sit down, and then Robert De Niro is like, "I want you to go to my place because I have anxiety." Yeah. So he goes, and there's like this whole farcical scene where he's like, "I'm a consigliere," and yeah. the guy corrects him and he smacks him.
1: He keeps smacking the guy to like show how <laughs> tough he is, and it's yes. like very weird.
0: <laughs> it's very weird, but yeah. in that speech, he's like he talks about like wearing. Like, fishnets and doing a dance, yeah. but it was, like, just for the thing. Because he was then, on Quaaludes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <like> marijuana. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, like, Billy Crystal has dressed in drag so much in his career. Has he? Yeah. I feel like he, well, he played a gay character on
1: Soap. Okay. I have not seen that.
0: And then I feel like he, he did some kind of drag even before that. And then I think on SNL, I feel like he was doing... Maybe I'm gonna tell you the truth about me and Billy Crystal. Fluid things. You're I
1: love him, uh-huh. but I only love him in one movie that I've seen. A, a Forget lot Paris of times. <laughs> what is it? Wait, do you really want to guess it? Um, is it uh, when Harry met Sally? Yes, I fucking love that movie. It's a great movie, and I I feel like that movie like saved my life. At some points, like I have watched it like at the lowest lows of my life like when I was in college and I was like I cannot go on that movie was like got me through that point in my life I fucking love it Um, but that's like kind of like it for me and Billy Crystal like other than that I'm not like a, but I, I but he remind. I was like oh it's Billy Crystal from When Harry Met Sally in this movie I like it like it felt like that same basically basic character yeah
0: I could yes I could I could see that I I loved how much he was like standing up for himself against Robert because like Robert De Niro just like has no boundaries yeah I feel like that's like one of the comedic devices of the movie is that like gangsters just expect things to happen on their time and therapists are like excuse me we have boundaries
1: (laughs) I mean yeah that's the whole. like he's like let's be honest like a nebbishy Jew Billy Crystal obviously and he is like i feel like his jewishness is addressed maybe not but it was i addressed it and he's just like oh god like this strong man is gonna like m- push me out of my analytical shell and then robert de niro does that and then like they both learn something and then also at the end he has like a couple comes to him and is like what should we do and he's like you, he tells the wife to like get on her knees and blow her husband because it's going to make her happy because like <laughs> life is too short not to do what you want. And then like the husband is really happy and then the wife thinks about it and she's happy about it too.
0: <laughs> 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 Which is fine. It's fine. I, I liked it. Oh no! I liked it too. I did. I uh, I also really appreciate. I thought that Robert De Niro was great in this movie. So
1: good. I thought I was wondering. Like, sorry, he tells her to get on her knees and bark like a dog. (laughs) That's what he tells her to do (laughs) to please her husband. Hashtag Who let the dogs out? Billy Crystal. (laughs) I didn't realize. (laughs) Solve that one. Never have to hear that song again.
0: (laughs) um uh yeah okay sorry robert de niro robert de niro did you think that his fake crying was good or bad
1: i thought it was like good because it was like funny it was like comedy crying
0: yeah i guess i just thought it was bad i was like this is bad he doesn't know how to fake cry i don't like this
1: i felt like I thought it was kind of cute where he's like, I'm in a comedy, boo hoo, <laughs> pretending to cry. What about yeah, it? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I thought it was like sweet. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's like making a joke here. Like, good for him.
0: Okay. All right. I see that. I see that. Yeah. I really, I thought that he didn't like make enough other good jokes that he could have either like done a better job crying or I don't know.
1: I mean, I just felt <laughs> like when I, cause I watched this, like I said before, I watched Goodfellas. And so, like, and it had been however many years since good I mean I don't watch these movies all the fucking time like I don't know but like it's been a long time but so I saw this and I was just like oh my god like Robert De Niro can just like do this and he truly is iconic he's like the male share like he's an icon Holy
0: shit <laughs> <laughs> oh my because god he is the male share do you think so I think so, and you know what? Thinking more about like his artistic upbringing, and just he dropped out of high school because he wanted to be an actor, and he had parents who like went through it and they got it, and like, I mean, think about his—he was born in the '40s. For his father to come out when he was two, and to just like would live have been
1: so like—can you even? It would imagine? have been a
0: completely different.
1: I mean, I've known people, whatever it's not an easy thing to happen to have like a parent come out of the closet when you are not expecting it as a child. No, like a lot of the time. And, but can you imagine that in a time when like things went in the fucking forties? Oh my God.
0: Well, think about Carol. Like she was like, she was willing to give up her children and being like, or yeah, her child and be like, I, I have to be who I am. like, it just I I just feel like it's so brave it takes just like It would have been so much strength and then to be Robert De Niro and that is your father figure that's like that that's the message of like be yourself that you see I I feel like that must have That's it must like be put him so, in a different context it, for me completely.
1: Yeah. It must just like It yeah, it must be so like like oppressive but also because of society but also so liberating because of like having that as a role model
0: yeah well I feel like society is oppressive whether or not you realize it and I feel like to have of like to grow up with artist parents who like put it all on the line to be who they want to be yeah like I feel like it puts both of those things into a perspective and like for him to be like this is what I want to do and like, I'm going to end up being good at it. And then to be as good at it as he is and to be the. De- I mean, you look through. I don't know about you, but like looking through his IMDb list, I was like, holy fucking shit. He has been in so many incredible movies. I he's mean, worked classic with everybody. movies. Everybody. And he's just like, like, I don't think we. It's like,
1: I don't think of men as icons the way I think of women. I agree. I don't either. But.
0: The share thing, like you've, you've like put a lightning bolt in my brain, but it is like, yeah, is Justine right now.
1: My brain is Juliet. Watch (laughs) out. (laughs) You better, if you don't listen to all of our podcasts, you are not going to get that. So go back and listen to our Marky Desod episodes. Um, anyway, (laughs) um, but yeah, like I feel like if, um, I had to think of other than like, you know, like Michael Jackson or Prince, but like uh like an actor or something I mean I can't think of like he he's a he's an icon as an actor he is an icon
0: yeah well and I think of like any iconic actors that you think like it's like John Wayne Charlie Chaplin the um, Clark Gable yeah I, I don't know you think about or James Dean like those you see their faces you see the images but you start to think about like Robert De Niro's career the way that he has embraced um just so many interesting things
1: like more than Marlon Brando. I think he is like a, and I, I always thought of Marlon Brando as like one of the ultimate like male idols.
0: Oh yeah, totally. But I
1: think Robert De Niro surpasses him.
0: Well, I'm in without a doubt. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And it's so watching analyze this actually like put it into focus a little bit for me because the willingness to make fun of himself and to like, make fun of the career and also to, to do it with integrity. And I think like the criticism of him for the last, like, I yes. don't know, 15 years is that he's not doing his work with integrity. Oh my and that, God. Like, it's just
1: like Anna Nicole. It's just like everybody else. It's
0: just like everybody else. Cause
1: he was on a pedestal except for, he like truly is like a great artist.
0: I mean, you fucking wish you had five years you wish you had one, one year. You wish you had one, one movie. of them. Any one of them. If any you made one of them. if you
1: were Robert De Niro in Casino and never did anything else, if you would Ro- be like if you were fuck fucking, everybody. If you
0: were Raging Bull,
1: you would never work. You would never ha- you could never work again and you would be like fuck you all middle fingers in the air and everybody would be like that's fine.
0: Everybody wishes and he just like keeps doing it. He and the more stop. I read about Dirty Grandpa, the more I'm like <laughs> it was this an artistic choice because it just it sounds like it goes so hard we're gonna watch it in, yeah. in a couple episodes and we'll talk about it in a couple it's episodes like, it's
1: not like anybody makes it's not like he had to do it oh
0: my god i can't wait okay all right this cool was so great. we'll talk
1: to you next week thanks for listening oh yeah also if you like this podcast please subscribe you know download the episodes and rate us five stars on itunes or wherever else you're getting podcasts and being able to rate them follow us on instagram at the expert 69 follow us on twitter also at the expert 69 and we will see you next week bye, bye. Legs
0: all the way down the past trust the experts on this one. Yeah, you know me—it's a game.